to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I love that when Jesus walked on this earth, he was a bringer of joy. You know, he walked around bringing miracles to people, delivering people, setting people free. You know, he was a turnaround God. He was the one that turned mourning into dancing. I mean, children loved to be with him. It was just someone that lived with joy. And the word even says that when he went to the cross, he went because of the joy that was set before him. And you know what? As followers, of Jesus Christ, there should be an incredible joy that we live with. You know, Matthew 13 verse 44 says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and brought the field. I love that. In his joy. You know, this passage, it talks about the joy that we find in following Jesus. It's a joy that nothing else compares to. It's a joy that, as that passage said, it's worth giving up everything else for so that you can take hold of it. You know, I think so often we can talk about the sacrifice that is involved in following Jesus. You know, like scripture says, the burden of taking up our cross and following him, but we don't sacrifice from a place of obligation. We don't sacrifice from a place of I have to. We sacrifice from this place of joy because we know what it's worth. We know what it means to follow and we know the worth of what it means to follow him. And I love this quote by Richard J. Foster. And he says, joy, not grit, is the hallmark of holy obedience. We need to be lighthearted in what we do to avoid taking ourselves too seriously. It is a cheerful revolt against self and pride. How good is that? The sacrifices that we make, they're not from a place of trying to earn our way with Jesus. It's not about striving, but it's from this place of following him. It means that it's worth it. And it's joy in its purest form. It's joy that is eternal, that is soul satisfying, that is deep within us. You know, this feeling of joy, it's, it's different from the feeling of being happy. And the happiness is an emotion that comes and goes based on what is going on around us. You know, psychologists from the UK who have an online platform of expert psychologists, they say this, joy and happiness are wonderful feelings to experience, but are very different. Joy is more consistent and is cultivated internally. It comes when you make peace with who you are and how you are, whereas happiness tends to be externally triggered and is based on other people, things, places, thoughts, and events. How cool is that? I love it when psychology lines up with the Word of God and there's this joy comes when we make peace with who we are and how we are. And how do we do that? We do that from being in His presence. We do that through knowing Jesus. The funny thing is, you know, all around us, we are encouraged to pursue happiness. 
I mean, ads on TV, you know, they say if you buy our product, you know, you'll get happiness. You know, we watch movies where people find true love and live happily ever after or, you know, fulfill their dreams and again live happily, happily ever after. But have you ever noticed how life is so different to that? There are no happily ever afters. Life isn't perfect. I think COVID has revealed just how much we cannot rely on our own happiness, but we need something far deeper, and that is joy, that we would be pursuers of joy rather than happiness. And you know what? Today, I thought it would be awesome to have Bryce and Tiff with me, and so cool to hear from you guys today. And I just thought it'd be brilliant to hear from you today because you are both people who are You've got very high demanding jobs. You know, you can tell us a little bit about what you do. You know, I know Tiff, you're in the legal world. And and so there's a lot of demands on you, but you both live with this incredible joy. And so it would just be great. Maybe Bryce will start with you. Why don't you just tell us how do you live with that joy and how is Jesus joy to you? Thanks, Pastor Nadia. Um, it's great to be here, but I thought I'd start by just observing that, of course, life is full of ups and downs and maintaining a joyful spirit is a really important facet of, of the Christian life. Yeah. Um, and so um, for me, um, I'm mid-50s, so I've got a little bit, of, quite a few years and decades to look back on, and I've been right through those roller coasters. Um, on that positive side, I've had plenty of joyful occasions to, to reflect on. Of course, Jesus himself yeah. um, was very comfortable um, celebrating joyous occasions, and so we should too. Yeah. So in my case, you know, um, I've found salvation, I've been baptised, graduated from university, found a beautiful wife to marry, yeah. bought off that first house, developed a career, um, been blessed with, with three amazing children. So there's plenty of milestones to look back on and, and, and celebrate, and so I've made it a point of doing that. Yeah. And of course, um, it's also important in the Christian life to give thanks to God for all the blessings that he has given us. And yeah. so you do that then and there, but you also want to do that constantly, mm. never-endingly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really important feature to maintaining a joyful spirit. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, on the other side of the coin, um, yeah, there are, there are um, plenty of um, trials and challenges and disappointments that I've had to, had to bear as well. And it says in the Bible, in James, that um, you we have to consider it a pure joy yeah, when we exactly. face those trials and those yeah, events. Wow. And so that's, another, that's a more challenging element yeah, to it. So um, and for me... I mean, there'd be many, but um, three or four stick out um, as, as being required to be dealt with. Um, some of them seem quite trivial in hindsight, but at the time they were really big deals. So when I was 18 years old, my girlfriend dumped me, and that that uh, that took me quite by su surprise. Um, and you know, that rocked my world for a, a, a month or two. You know, and I felt like you know there was no future and no hope. It was a little bit like that. Um, uh, and that career that I referred to briefly before. I've suffered several redundancies. Yeah. So that's also a process where you, know, you feel like people have let you down, you start doubting your own capacities, um, and you kind of you, know, you worry about your future and what it, what it holds. Um, probably the biggest um, moment was um, when my wife Kirsten was diagnosed with breast cancer. We had to deal with the sort of fear and anxiety that came from, you know, you know was she you know, even going to survive, you know, the, my, my life partner and the mother of my young children. And so dealing with that was pretty demanding. Uh, and then lastly, more recently, um, you know, my own parents passing, and that was my first sort of up 
up close, you know, brush with death in, from some from a primary relationship. So, in those moments, um, you know, Christ Himself said, "Remain in Me, and I will give you complete joy." Uh, and so, for me, that meant um, you know, submitting those situations over to, over to Him, um, praying more deeply, reading the Scripture more, and um, just really handing things over to him, leaning into God. And, and so in, in doing that, that enabled me to find you know, his comfort uh, and his peace, his wisdom and his guidance. And that's meant so much to me going through those. So just to summarise then, um, yeah, I think the real essence of Christian joy is to, is to celebrate the joyful occasions, is to give thanks to God for all the blessings he's given us. And in the tough times, really submit to him and stick close to him. So good, Bryce. I love that. The power of remaining. It's awesome. What about you, Tiff, your side of things? Yeah, that was awesome, Bryce. Um, Yeah, I guess mine's probably, seems a bit simple, but for me, I've always found joy in his presence. And, you know, Psalm says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And people know I'm a bit of a worshipper and I love spending time in worship and, you know, before him. But... You know, I was only five years old when I realised who this Jesus was that I wanted to have a relationship with. And I remember sitting on the side of my bed, uh, my little bunk bed with my pink Bible uh, and my really cool Spice Girls pen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I remember saying to mum, like, I want to, like, say this salvation prayer that, you know, that leads you to Jesus. And mum was like, okay, cool, yeah. And I still remember being in my room and being, like, flooded with the presence of God and... From that moment, I've just been filled with his joy, you know, from then and and through every season since. Um, You know, and Nehemiah says also that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I think, um, you know, like people on first impressions of me maybe think, um, you know, happy clappy Tiff or always got a smile or um, friends, uh, netball friends and stuff always say Tiff's always up for a laugh or a joke, which is totally true. Yes, I love a good laugh. I love a good joke. Um, but I guess it's, for me, it's actually just an external outworking of the joy that Jesus has placed in my heart. And Beautiful. when I was five years old, it's been there ever since. And it's been a, sto- a lifetime story for me. And, you know, there's been seasons where, um, you know, when my, my parents divorced when I was one. Um, and mum raised us, you know, as a single mum, we had barely any money really. And there were days where we went, you know, without, we didn't have food. So... God's church was amazing because people used to drop um, food on our front door, like groceries for the week, and that would feed us. And, you know, like never through that season did our family or did I ever doubt the joy that Jesus had brought us. Like it's like it's a joy that we have food. It's a joy that we have family and that we have relationship with him. And, yeah, I just think, like you say, there is such a distinction between the happiness and the joy. And the joy that he's put in me is something that is it's it outlasts. It's yeah. it's eternal. It's yeah. like that depth of understanding, and it out it outlasts emotion. So it's like you don't like you can feel happy, or there's times where you're going through seasons where you don't feel joy or you don't feel joyful. But just like love, you choose joy. You yeah. choose love, um, and I think that's been what's really sustained me is just choosing Him, choosing joy every day. 
how cool is that? And I just absolutely love that when we choose him, we choose joy. Mm -hmm. And he is the essence of joy. And what an incredible God that we serve, Mm -hmm. that we, as we choose him, we're choosing life itself. So thank you guys. Just honor you today for coming in and sharing who Jesus is to you and the joy that you find in him. So appreciate it. You know what? I love what it actually says in Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And you know what? I really believe some of us need to hear it today, that what you are looking for is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. We can chase after so many different things, but Jesus is our ultimate joy. You know what? Joy is not about our pleasure. It's about the presence of Jesus in our lives. And let's keep pursuing him. Come on, let's keep, instead of pursuing happiness, let's pursue Jesus. And as we pursue Jesus, we get his joy, which is an incredible thing. So today, what I want to do is just look at this whole topic of choosing joy, choosing joy. And the first thing I want to look at is drop the juggling act. We choose joy by dropping the juggling act. You know, we live lives today where we get good at juggling lots of different things, where we get good at multitasking, and it's the reality of the lives that we live in today. But the juggling act is not always the best option. You know, I was reminded of this on Monday. I had this very full-on day, lots and lots going on, and it was my list was just so full, and I had easy with me, our little two-year-old. And so he actually asked for a movie, which I was stoked about. His favorite movie is Plane. So I was like, yep, buddy, I'll put it on for you. And then I can get through my list. But as I put it on for him, he grabbed my arm and he said, stay, mama, stay, mama. And so I had no other choice in that moment but to sit down on that couch and watch Planes with him. And as I did, I just felt God speak in that moment and say, you know what? There are times where we need to drop the juggling act and we need to stay. To choose to stay in his presence, to stay in his word, to stay in prayer, to stay in worship. There is power in our staying, in our lingering. You know, so often we're just one thing to the next thing. Jesus wants to teach us the power of lingering in his presence. And as we linger, there is joy that comes in his presence. And you know what? This is especially the case with what goes on in our head, with the thoughts that we think. We can juggle so many different thoughts. We can be from one thing to the next thing in our head. Our heads, I know what this is like, can be so scrambled at times, but we need to learn to stay in the Word of God, to stay in what God is asking us, to stay in what He has said. You know, I I love the moment that Jesus actually has with um, Jairus in Luke 8. It's this powerful passage, and Jesus was going to to Jairus' house to heal his little 12-year-old girl who was dying. And as he's on the way to Jairus' house, a woman who's had the issue of bleeding for 12 years stops him by touching his coat. And as she does that, he heals her. And they have this moment together. And as they're having this moment, messages arrive to Jairus and say to him, don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter is dead. And in that moment, you could just imagine the grief that would have risen up in Jairus. 
But Jesus looks at him and he says, do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. And Jesus goes with him to his home. He prays the little girl and she's risen from the dead. And I just feel the presence of Jesus wanting to say to us right now, come on, only believe. We can juggle at times so many different words, words from the media, words from our friends, words from our past, come on, words from the enemy, words that we think about ourselves. We need to choose to only believe, to only take hold of the Word of God. That's our one option. That's our only option. So when the voice of the enemy comes along, it's like, no, I've only got the Word of God. It's my only, I'm not juggling all these other things. I've only got the Word of God. When the word of our past comes in, no, I've only got the Word of God. When the voice of fear comes in, no, I've only got the Word of God. Come on, we only need to believe. And you know what? As we do that, as we choose to stay in God's word. There's a joy that comes. Again, I just love what it says in Psalm 19 verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The message version says the life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. Come on, God's word, it shows us the way to joy. It lights our way to joy. Come on, only believe. Let's grab hold of the Word of God. Drop the juggling act and grab hold of His Word. And as we do that, there's a joy that comes into our world. The second thing in choosing joy is we've got to check the condition of our soil. Check the condition of our soil. You know, over isolation time, we have planted a lot of plants. My husband has planted a lot of plants. And now it's my job to keep them healthy. We've actually done 87 bushes. And so now it's my responsibility to make sure they do not die. And uh, I've been finding, though, that some of them have not been doing that well. And so I Googled, as you do, and found that it all comes back with this particular plant to the condition of the soil. But I couldn't figure out whether I was overwatering it or underwatering it. So I went to Bunnings, as you do, and got a little probe thing where you can test the condition of your soil and it tells you whether it's dry, whether it's moist, whether it's wet. And it's been a game changer. Like my plants are so much healthier now because I've been able to test the condition of the soil. And you know what? For us, we need to check the condition of the soil and the the soil of our lives is our heart. It's the condition of our heart. Again, I love what Proverbs 4 says. It says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Our heart is the soil which everything flows from. It affects the health of who we are. It's actually an incredible health indicator. And you know what? We have to allow God to probe our hearts, to put his finger on things, to address things, come address things that are robbing our joy. God's design for us is to live with joy. So if we're in a place, if you're in a place where you feel like your joy has been robbed, there's an area that God wants to highlight 
that he wants to put his finger on for you to deal with. And you know what? He's got freedom for you. He is the freedom bringer. Anything you feel like you're struggling with, you're facing it, man, it feels like it's too much. No, Jesus has the answer. I promise you. I've gone through things where I've felt like I cannot get through this. There's no way through this. But Jesus has come. He's the greatest counselor. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. He is the one who is able. So I want to allow him to go into the deepest places of your heart and bring freedom, bring the power of who he is. And you know what? I think one of the greatest indicators of our health, the health of our heart, is how our jealousy is doing. You know, jealousy is actually something that we don't often talk about. You know, we use nicer words like comparison because it's, it's not nice to say that, you know, I'm, I'm, je- I'm really jealous of somebody right now. And so you know, it's something where it's often not addressed, but I think it's something that needs to be talked about because jealousy is one of the greatest stealers of our joy. James 3.16 actually says this, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder, unrest, rebellion, and every evil thing and morally degrading practice. Jealousy is not the heart of God. It's not from God. It's not what he has for us. So when we feel it rising up on the inside of us, it's actually taking time to ask ourselves, come on, why am I feeling like this? Where is this coming from? And to be honest, I've found that jealousy is also always a sign that I'm not secure in my value and position in Jesus. You know, because whenever I'm secure in Him, whenever I'm attached to the value that I have in Jesus, there's a confidence that comes with that. There's a freedom that comes with that. There's a security that comes. There's a joy. There's a peace. You know, I think the story of Joseph and his brothers is an incredible example of the power of jealousy. The Bible says that his brothers were so jealous of Joseph that they sold him into slavery and they were jealous because they saw that their father loved and favoured Joseph more than them. Our jealousy, it comes from lack of value. What happened to Joseph's brothers also happens to us today. You know, we look at others and we feel like we're less than them, feel like we don't quite meet the mark, feel like if we could be a little bit more like them, then we would have true value. Then maybe we would be seen. Then maybe we would be noticed. You know, interestingly, Joseph's brothers were jealous because they lacked value from their father. You know, that's a powerful thing for us today. We lack value because we don't realize how much we are loved by our Heavenly Father. So jealousy, it's a sign, you know what, I have to find my value again and who my Father says that I am. Find my security, my position in Him afresh. You know what, as we do that, as we find our love, our value in Him, there's nothing else like it. There's a confidence that comes Jealousy doesn't rise up as much anymore because we know how loved we are. Now, 1 John 4 verse 8 says, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. You are loved 
because of who you are in him. Come on, when you feel that stuff rising up, run to him. Position yourselves in him. Saturate yourself in his presence. And it's amazing the joy that comes in the middle of that. You know, knowing our value is the framework for the construction of joy in our lives. Come on, so if we want to know our value, let's construct value in our lives that joy can come. The more we know how loved and valued we are, the more joy will be part of who we are. The third thing in choosing joy is to feed spirit first. Feed spirit first. You know, we are spirit, body, and soul. And the spirit part of who we are, it's the most important part of who we are because it's what is eternal. It's what's going to go to eternity in heaven where we get to hang with Jesus all the time where we're just overwhelmed with joy because we're just in his presence completely. And it's the spirit side of us that joy comes from. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit being joy. So when our spirit is strong, the evidence is seen in the joy that we live with. You know, that's why joy is so much deeper than happiness because it's eternal. Like Tiff said before, it's this eternal aspect. Nothing can dislodge it because there's something far greater about it than in what is based in this earth. See, our happiness fits in the realm of our soul and our body, what feels good in a moment, but it's so temporal. Joy is everlasting. You know, it's amazing in lockdown to see the things that usually fill your soul being taken away. You know, things like hanging with our mates, you know, going to a cafe, going to a beach, all those things. So when you haven't got your soul fillers, what do you do? And you know what? It was so encouraging to see us as a church just press into God in a greater way to make our spirit stronger, you know, to get into the Bible, worship, to be in God's presence. And as we do that, we build up our spirit as we speak in the language of the Holy Spirit. We build up our spirit. And as we do that, there's a joy that comes because joy comes when we feed our spirit, when we make our spirit strong. There's a contentment that comes from that. And I found this uh, quote from Dr. Caroline Leaf this week, and I absolutely loved it. It says, true mental self-care is not chocolate cake. It's like piercing to the soul. It's not spa days, which was another pierce to the soul. It's making choices every day to create a life that you do not need to escape from. How awesome is that? Come on, when we make our spirit strong, We don't need to escape from life because there's a sense we live for something that is far greater. And there's a joy, there's a contentment that comes with that, that we don't use soul fillers to try and escape our lives, but we live with true joy because our spirit is complete in his presence. And you know what? As we come out of lockdown, we have these other soul fillers come in. Let's make sure we do not lose the importance of feeding our spirit first. Come on, prioritizing being in his presence, putting God first. When we wake in the morning, placing him as number one, saying, God, I commit this day to you. This day is yours, feeding our spirit first. Again, I love what it says in Jude 1 verse 20, but you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit. 
Come on, building our spirit up. I love that. And as we do that, we get joy. Now, the fourth thing in choosing joy is we over me. We over me. You know, so much of what Jesus teaches us is in complete contradiction to actually what we want to do in our natural self. And we find this in Matthew 16, verse 25. It says, Jesus speaking, he says, if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. You know, the way of Jesus is life. And choosing others over ourselves, it brings us an incredible joy. And you know what? I cannot emphasize this enough today. You know, with the lockdown that we've faced, there's an urgency in me that we cannot allow it to change who Jesus has called us to be as followers of Jesus Christ. We're called to reach people, to love people, to reveal who Jesus is to people, to reveal the goodness of God to people. And lockdown has caused us to be in our own worlds, our own bubbles, to keep distant from people. Come on, to second guess ourselves when we connect with people. Come on, there's a mask on us. We feel the separation. And I really want to stir us today that we've got to get our head out of lockdown mentality. We're called to reach people. We're called to be the hand and feet of Jesus. And you know what? As we live like that, there's a joy that comes. And I woke up, you know, this morning remembering actually one of the first messages that Pastor Craig and I did at the beginning of this year. And it was this message all around rewriting our city. And you know what? That was a prophetic message for what God is calling us to do, to rewrite our city. Our city, this has been a massive year for our city. And you know what? As Christians, as followers of Jesus, with our friends and family, with our workplaces all around us, we're called to rewrite people's stories. Come on, people living there in depression to see them step into freedom. People that are feeling like nobody sees them, that they would realize the love of Jesus Christ. Come on, we are called to rewrite a city. That was a prophetic statement for us as a church. And I want to stir us to get out of lockdown mentality. We are called to reach people. You have a destiny. You have a purpose. And it comes back to people, not self. We don't find any fulfillment in self, but living for something far greater, living for people. And you know what? As followers of Jesus, there should be a mark on our lives that differentiates us from others. And that's the mark of joy that's on our lives, the joy that we live with. You know, a few weeks ago, I was at Woolworths and doing my groceries. And and as I was in the line, the checkout person, checkout guy was just chatting away to people. And honestly, he was just the friendliest guy, shouting out to other staff, encouraging them, just chatting to everybody. And it came to my turn and he saw a picture on my phone of the kids. So we started talking about the kids and then I asked about his job. And it turns out he was a pilot for Qantas, but lost his job because of COVID and was now packing groceries. And I was amazed at his attitude. I mean, even to the point that he wouldn't allow me to carry the groceries from the bench to put them into the trolley. He did it all for me. There was just this sense of joy that he lived with despite 
his circumstance. And in that moment, I was right, there is such a mark on us as Christians to live with joy. We are called to be a light to the world, and joy is that light. I love this quote from Mother Teresa, and she says this, joy is a net of love by which we catch souls. Joy is a net of love by which we catch souls. Our joy reveals who Jesus is to others. Come on, it's this eternal joy. It's this joy that you cannot have without Jesus Christ. It's a joy that our world desperately needs. It's a joy that we've got to cultivate in our lives, that we've got to develop, that we've got to keep grabbing hold of so that others would know the wonder of who our Jesus is. And again, a powerful psalm is Psalm 51, verse 12, and it says, Restore to me the joy of salvation. Restore to me the joy of salvation. You know what? We've got to keep restoring our joy, that joy that comes from our salvation, that joy that nothing else can compare to when we know that we have our eternity secure in Him, our eternity secure in Jesus Christ, that we've got that. There's no fear anymore. There's no dread of death because we have a joy in Jesus Christ. You know, we've got to remember, church, what He's done for us. Keep that alive on the inside of us because as we do, there's just a joy that will flow out from us. And I just know today that there are so many people that are tuning in. And if you're to be honest, you haven't experienced the wonder and the joy of Jesus Christ. And today, just through one prayer, you get to open your world, open your life to the wonder of joy that comes in Jesus. Come on, He came and He died for us so that we could come to Him just as we are and receive His salvation. That there are no no works that we need to do. All we need to do is surrender to Him and say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. And in that moment, He comes and He brings us salvation. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer. And if you've never opened your life to Jesus, this prayer is for you. Or maybe you once did, but you know you're not living in personal connection with Him anymore. Today, you're deciding, you know what? I want this to be a fresh start. I want to open my life to Jesus and encounter Him in a fresh way today. So why don't you pray this prayer with me? Jesus, I open my life to You. I ask for a fresh start in You. I'm sorry for my wrongs. I want to know You. I want to know Your joy, Your peace and Your love. I give You my life in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.